The Colts returned to practice on Sunday, but the offense's performance was not at their Sunday best. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked on Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is up, Colts fans? Thanks so much for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everyone, I'm Jake Arthur, joined as always by my guy Zach Hicks here on your screen. And we've got a special guest today. This is our guy, Andrew Moore. You know, Andrew is one of the hosts of a Colts podcast, as well as all of his written work over with Zach and me over at HorseshoeHuddle.com. Today, we're just going to kind of pick Andrew's brain about his thoughts about camp so far. And we'll also just kind of chat with him a little bit about today's practice Sunday. So, Andrew, how are we doing today, brother? It's a hot one. That's yeah, for sure. It really is. We might regret doing this outside, but we wanted it to be pretty. So I don't know. <laughs> so we are seven practices in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to it in a bit, but today was definitely the clunkiest of them. What What's your main takeaway so far through these seven practices and two weeks of, of camp? There's a couple different things. I think starting out, the, the feel of camp this year is just different uh, we're not constantly worried about the quarterback situation yeah. we know it's going to be Matt Ryan that's that's leading the show and and he's really done a great job of that uh, the tempo has been very quick in practice con- consistently getting done 10 to tw- 20 minutes early sometimes so mm. it, outside of today the practices have been crisp um, you've seen some guys that have shown out some guys that have taken the next step like Michael Pittman. I mm-hmm. think Pittman has really impressed. And then some additions that have stood out. Yannick Ngakwe is one, but I really think Stefan Gilmore has been probably the defensive MVP mm-hmm. of training camp so far. So some good good signs there. Obviously, today wasn't the Colts' best day, but uh, I, I think overall the Colts are pretty happy with where they're at at this point. I think yeah. you're right. Just, just from being here and seeing especially the quarterback play the last few years, you don't – you know, it's a new quarterback every year. It, it's – you guys are going to hear some roosters and, and some nonsense like that in the background. So just bear with us. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you know, it used to be Andrew Luck every year. Then it's a new quarterback. Last year it was two backups uh, with Carson Wentz out. Uh, it was Jacob Easton and Sam Ellinger kind of running the show. So for it to be a competent, established veteran like Matt Ryan, who knows how he likes things and knows how things should be done. That's definitely been uh, that's definitely been refreshing i would say yeah yeah no and i wanted to ask andrew because i thought i saw him kind of talking about it there on twitter and i think he put it in his uh post training camp thing today article about matt ryan kind of holding guys accountable and kind of being you know i think i think someone put it on twitter and i saw it kind of going around was like i love that my quarterback is a jerk you know and it's kind yeah. of like that now i'm not saying he's been a jerk or anything like that but andrew what did you see out there from matt ryan for you know what you kind of said was like a sloppy day uh what did you see from him trying to get these guys back on track 
Yeah, so during practice, Matt Ryan is is consistently on these guys. He's making sure they're getting set up properly. In between reps, he's talking individually with wide receivers. So I'm multiple times talking to like Alec Pierce, telling him how he wants a route run, where exactly he needs to be when the ball's when the ball's thrown. Because Matt Ryan is a timing-based quarterback, and that's a timing-based offense that Frank Reich has. So just working with those guys, getting the timing down, and and he's going the extra mile to to sit with these young guys and really explain what he wants. But then after practice, on a day where the Colts offense was very sloppy, you think, oh, Matt Ryan's going to come in here and, and speak to the media, and he might not be too happy. Instead, he kind of displayed that leadership ability that we've been hearing so much about all off season, where he said mistakes happen, physical mistakes happen. But the thing that they need to focus on is the mental mistakes, the, the things that they can control. And I think, I mean, every single person, when we've asked them what stands out about Matt Ryan, first thing they say is his leadership. And that was on full display today as well. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to see it. Cause again, with Carson Wentz being out for all of camp last year, we kind of missed a lot of that. And then obviously the years before that was so much instability at quarterback, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to see. Then the other thing I want to ask kind of both you guys here mm-hmm. is, you know, there's so much of a, a big emphasis on this new defensive staff, you know, Gus Bradley, these new coaches, and just from you guys watching, how have this, how has this like new defensive staff been compared to maybe the defensive regime is last, the last one or whatever. Cause you guys have been to camps for the last couple of years. Now I think you were out there, last year a little bit too right Andrew so yeah um how how is this staff kind of different I guess from the last staff just from what you guys are seeing at camp yeah let's take that away I think well they're just it seems like they're more involved they're more hands-on I mean you you go out there and you see Nick Cross make a play who's the first guy to congratulate him Mike Mitchell the assistant defensive back coach Mm -hmm. they they're it's it's a it seems like it's a more aggressive scheme you see the cornerbacks in press coverage a lot more because in Matt Eberflus' scheme you hardly saw any press coverage guys were starting five to ten yards off the receiver on every single play but you see guys like Stephon Kilmore Brandon facing Kenny Moore the second getting up in in the wide receiver's face making it difficult for them from the jump and then when you go closer to the line of scrimmage with this defensive line Nate Ali has done a really good job of instilling that 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 attacking mentality there's no more reading blocks there as soon as the ball snapped they're pinning their ears back and they're going to get the quarterback and that's why I think we've seen a guy like Yannick Ngakwe flash in camp and it's not necessarily that Matt Pryor's doing a poor job of, of blocking him I think Matt Pryor's actually holding up pretty well but they're putting the guys they're Gus Bradley and his staff are putting the Colts defenders in the right spot based on their skill set for them to succeed and I think that's why you're seeing a more aggressive defense you're seeing the defense get the best out of the offense especially here early now I think things will kind of even out as we go in camp but it's definitely a good sign here that this these these players are taking well to this this new scheme Yeah, and I I was going to say something pretty similar, especially with that first part. Uh, We're used to the players. The the defensive players are always louder. You know, it's a competitive setting, of course. The the players love to chirp, but you're hearing a lot more from the player or from the coaches as well. At every level, you've got these young guys. You know, Nate Ollie on the defensive line, first year uh, D line coach in his 30s. Cato June is one of the assistant coaches with the linebackers. Mike Mitchell is very visible all the time he he's a big confidence boost for these young players 
and everything we heard about him during his time as a player with the Colts that brief time, you can see it now as a coach out on the field. So that's definitely refreshing. I think that's a good pick me up for players. I, I haven't really noticed any of these de- defensive players slogging through. Like they always seem to have a pep in their step. It's really lively on that side of the ball. And then I would also, you know, schematically the the press stuff is really great to see. I'm I'm getting the impression just from what I've seen in practice, of course, as much as you can see from the pass rush. I just have a much better feeling about it this time around. And that's not just because Yannick Ngakwe is here, but I just feel like the, the pass rushers seem to be more disruptive outside of just like DeForest Buckner. Now um, I, I've seen some really good blitzes that seem to have worked uh, coming off, you know, the nickel packages, corner blitzes, things like that. The blitzes seem to be pretty successful. So I'm looking forward to the pass rush as well uh, moving forward there. Yeah, yeah, not to pump an article that I'll probably have out in the next day or two, but but Gus Bradley, uh, for someone who doesn't blitz very often, when he does blitz, he usually gets home. Like the the blitzes are usually pretty effective. So I'll I'll go into detail of that, but that's awesome to see even in camp. Uh, and then obviously again, something I like to keep asking about because I just had an article go out on it today are the linebackers, you know. And I know that we're kind of we don't want to go too much into it because we got the we're going to talk about the defense uh, in a couple segments from now and stuff like that, but. How do the linebackers look in this scheme? I mean, from what you saw, Andrew, I don't know if you're watching linebackers or anything like that, but how did that, how are they looking out there in this type of scheme? I think they're continuing to fly around the ball. I mean, we see Bobby Okereke and, mm-hmm. and Zaire Franklin. They were both in on multiple plays today. Uh, they were in there stopping Jonathan Taylor for no gain, stopping Naheem Hines. Uh, and those two, the, when the pads are on, they're not afraid to lay a lick on their teammates. They're, they make sure to lay a thump. So even without Shaquille Leonard, who, in my opinion, is probably the heart and soul of this defense, he's not in there. The linebackers are still able to make plays. I mean, we saw Bobby Okereke flash last year in training camp as well. Right. And then you, when you get to the regular season, yeah, he led the team in tackles, but the flash plays weren't there. Right. I think we're starting to see him use that speed to his advantage because, I mean, even coming out of Stanford, he was known for flying all over the field. And we're starting to see that more just because of the freedom that the linebackers have, it seems like, in this scheme. Yeah, the, these linebackers aren't afraid to thump their teammates. But you know what, guys? Sometimes life thumps you. Level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your car or you've got another save the date that just came in and you're wondering how you're going to get these people a gift. That's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy that wedding gift or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need a little extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. So looking at the offensive side of the ball again, you know, this was this was a really clunky, sloppy practice in general, but it was mostly from the offense. And the defense kind of, they were opportunistic based on that, and they made plays off of it. 
But, you know, we something we've seen throughout camp is just guys slipping, like receivers slipping, coming out of their cuts. Uh, today there was, I think, Naheem Hines fumbled without even being hit. There was a bunch of drops. Uh, throughout the seven on sevens and the 11s, there was, God, there was close to 10 drops probably in that. But it just, I don't know. It it, uh, it was just a lot of mental mistakes, and it's been very uncharacteristic for this group coming out of camp. They've been pretty sharp, especially with Matt Ryan under center. Um, but yeah, really uncharacteristic. I, I I would imagine some of these meetings today might get a little loud. Yeah. Um, and then when they when they hit the field again on Monday, I've got to think some of these things will will get corrected. But uh, unfortunately, some of these guys that have made a habit out of drops, it continued. You know, Kylan Granson had one. He had a couple of his better catches today, but he you know, had another drop. Um, Alec Pierce didn't have the strongest day. Some of the running backs were dropping balls. So um, not not the greatest showing from the offense. We kind of have to contextualize that leading into talking about today's practice. So how did you guys break it down on how you watched? Did you guys watch different groups on offense, or how did you guys watch today? Uh, well, it, mainly when we watched different things, uh, the Colts have kind of structured things a little differently now. Um, when the offensive and defensive linemen go do one-on-ones, there's seven-on-sevens going on on the other field. So I went and watched the offensive and defensive linemen, and Andrew watched the seven-on-sevens there. He also watched the one-on-ones between receivers and tight ends and defensive backs. Okay, okay. So we'll start with Andrew then talking about the pass catchers. Yeah, outside sure. of the drops, outside the drops, who were some guys that stood out? I saw that there was a big Ashton Doolin catch. I saw that. I saw that. You know, you guys know that my eyes were perking up when I saw that. (laughs) There was. It was it was a beautiful play. I mean, Ashton Doolin is continuing to stack days and I don't think there's any question he's wide receiver four at this point. And until Pierce gets comfortable with the NFL game, he could battle Pierce for wide receiver three. I know they're they're throwing as much as they can at Alec Pierce. I think he's doing a pretty good job of of really trying to master it and and then going through the steps i mean yeah he's a rookie he's gonna have mistakes but for the most part he he looks like he belongs uh but yeah ashton doolin was uh, on the left side being covered by chris wilcox did a double move good pump fake by nick Foles, and then you know ashton doolin turns on the burners goes 65 yards Foles put it right in the bread basket for a touchdown it was a great play uh by ashton doolin and then in in one-on-ones i think the guys that really stood out was uh paris campbell again uh, Paris Campbell made a very nice catch down the sideline. Uh, and then Desmond Patman, he also hauled in a o- nice over-the-shoulder grab mm-hmm. in, in one-on-one. So uh, of the wide receivers, those those were the ones that stood out. Um, and, and I think for Desmond Patman especially, we need to start seeing more from him because right. this is year mm-hmm. three. And right. it's we we can't keep waiting. Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are not going to keep waiting. It's it's now his time to shine and and try to carve out a role on this offense. Otherwise, here in a year or two, he might not be a member of this roster. Heck, I, I honestly think if you would have Jake and I do our fifty three man projections right now, we'd probably lean someone else at wide receiver five. Uh, yeah. You know, just I, I did an update on Friday and I gave it to QT. I yeah. only kept five receivers and I I made QT the final one. I think that's where I'd probably go too. But Andrew, you were also watching tight ends today as well. In those I was drills? watching tight ends. All right, yeah. so tight ends. I, I saw it again. I keep seeing his name, Drew Ogletree, <laughs> yeah. tight end two. I know that was our thumbnail for our last video. So, yeah. you know, we have to push this. But, I mean, I don't want to say 
it's his job because he obviously has a long uphill climb to take it from those two guys. Even if he's perfect in camp and those guys are struggling, they will still always have the inside edge. But from what you're seeing, I mean, is Drew Ogletree kind of taking that job? Drew Ogletree is consistently just doing his job. I mean, he goes out there. He doesn't make the mental errors. Anytime mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball, you don't see Drew Ogletree dropping it. Um, he's he's out there even in the running game. I watched him a couple times today, and he's, he's holding his own on blocks, which uh, a guy that was a converted wide receiver, you might think that's probably one of his weak points. But he's out there. He's doing the work. You can see why this Colts staff is high on Drew Ogletree because he's, and he, he's proving it day in and day out. I mean, when I when I was here for the first week of camp, Jelani Woods looked looked good. He, I I loved the way that he moved down the field, mm-hmm. but now I don't I I don't think it's a contest. I think Drew Ogletree is tight end three as of right now, and if Granson keeps having days where he's has numerous drops and and he's not functioning or or really putting it on tape, Drew Ogletree could take that that tight end two role and be that F tight end because I mean former wide receiver. The guy can move. He's a mismatch down the field. I mean, he the way he the pace that he is on, I would I would say that that it's wide open for tight end two with with Drew Ogletree and Kylan Granson at this point. I, honestly, I think the only reason there's even question about the tight end depth chart right now is because of the status of certain guys. Yeah. Because if you're doing it just based off performance, it would be Mo Alley Cox and Drew Ogletree one and two, no question. But you have to kind of you, you have to have a disclaimer for Kylan Granson it being his second year, so he knows the system a little better. And then, um, and then Woods, you know, he's the physical freak with all the the high potential in the third round pick. But if you're going just based on performance, the top two is clear. Yeah. Uh, but we really don't know what that depth chart will look like once they once they release it. Yeah, they will probably release it later this week here before at least the unofficial yeah. one prior to the first preseason game there. But Jake, you know, you had the unflashy job today. You were watching yeah. a bunch of O line and D line. Which which offensive linemen stood out today? Offensive linemen. So uh Matt Pryor stonewalled Yannick Ngakwe twice. Uh they they went off it was a shorter uh period of one on ones today, so they went against each other twice. Prior won both of them. Uh, now our, our guy Ifyadi Odenigbo got him later in, in the series, uh, but Prior looked really good today. Um, let's see, Braden Smith not so much. Quiddy Pay got it, got him a couple times. Honestly, it was a defensive day for for this uh, for that drill. Uh, Quiddy Pay got Braden Smith twice on uh, on the same thing. Went through just the the outside underneath dip, got him both times. Um, Adenigbo got, got the really good one. Uh, Dio Adenigbo, the violence he plays with is just, it, it's, you can tell that he's been training all off season. Like yeah. he's starting to look very technical. He does so much with his hands. Uh, but no, I, I've definitely got to give that series to, uh, to the defenders. It's, it's not going to be as kind to talk about the offensive guys today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let, let's start doing that transition now because Jake obviously just completely disregarded the O-line, try to jump to defense here. I had to. Yeah. J- <laughs> Jake gets a little excitable. And, you know, for people who get a little excitable, I have something great for you guys. Right now, if you are a big betting nerd, you can bet on the Colts' first preseason game. Yeah. <laughs> you can bet on a preseason game, guys. The Bills are currently favored by three and a half points on Bet Online. So you guys can go on bet online today and and pick your Colts. You know, if you think that Nick Foles is going to lead the Colts to a preseason victory, go to bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. 
Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting to scores to podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Jake, since you already wanted to talk about the defensive <laughs> linemen, you know, since since you had to jump the gun. Well, I totally ruined your your part, portion of this segment. You ruined all of it. No. It, who? So you mentioned Dio, you mentioned Quiddy, you mentioned mm-hmm. Yannick. You kind of mentioned all of them, but what yeah. are some other news and notes we got here from, from this defensive line from what you saw? Uh, just from the defensive line, that was about it generally. But during, uh, during the actual 11-on-11s, uh, so Adenigbo, this was the third straight day with the sack. Uh, you know, you and I talked last week that he just hadn't been catching up to Ben Banigou as much. And I think all he needed was for me to say that because ever <laughs> since then, he's just been racking up the sacks. Uh, Dio had a really busy day in the 11 on 11s. Uh, him and Nick Cross came down and converged. I think it was Philip Lindsay mm-hmm. uh, for a tackle for loss. And then I had I had Quiddy or not Quiddy, but Dio with another sack later on, I think. Uh, so really good day from them. Uh, our, oh man, there was a scare there for me. I heard, like, dude, my heart, Ooh. my heart. <laughs> yeah, Curtis. So Curtis Brooks went down and had to. He left with trainers off to the sideline for a little bit. We didn't. We had no idea what it was at the time because he wasn't really limping or anything. But Frank Reich after practice said that he got poked in the eye. So as long as, as long as there was no damage to it, I think he's going to be fine. So that's definitely good because. That, that would have ended the show for good right there. We would have had to sign off for the final time. Uh, us, but, you know. us banking our show on a six-round rookie is, is a little risky, but yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And then the, the last defensive lineman that really jumped out to me is another guy who I, I didn't write anything about it, but I made a mental note, was Eric Johnson. His – oh, man, his just – he's explosive. Got a he's, great first step. Yeah, really good first step. Uh, gets off the ball quickly. He's very twitchy. and there was one of the one-on-one reps where he just came in and he, he had the offensive lineman. I can't recall who I want to say it was Wesley French just had him up on his tiptoes. <laughs> it was, it was a beautiful rep by Johnson and you know, he, he started out a little slow to camp, but he's catching on quick and I really like where he's at right now. Awesome. That D line depth is going to be so, so good to see. It's, but... it's one of the hardest position groups to whittle down when you're making yeah. roster predictions for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you keep four? Do you keep five? Who do you keep mm. the young kids? Do you keep the older guys? Like exactly. that's that's gonna be a tough one there. But when it came to linebackers, you know, we already kind of talked to them in the beginning, but I think Andrew, you're watching some linebackers today. Uh, which were uh, we you mentioned the top guys. Who were some of the bottom guys that, that stood out? I think I saw more Doman love again today on the timeline. Yeah, always we're gonna have we're gonna have some more right here. Jojo Doman <laughs> was was in there at Mike linebacker with EJ Speed, a guy that has been in this system for this was his fourth season now. Uh, or fourth season on the team, I should say. But Doman was the one that was calling the plays. Uh, undrafted rookie who's out there getting the defense set up for that second team. Very impressive out there. I think he, above the the starters like, like O'Kara Kay and Franklin, he's the one that has really stood out to me. And I would say he had probably, out of all the undrafted guys, has the best chance to make this 53-man roster outright. And and I don't – as I think – I'm very excited to see what he does in live action in these preseason games because mm-hmm. I think when, when, when things are live, 
and he's able to kind of unleash himself a little bit, he's going to be making play after play in the middle of that defense. Awesome. Awesome. And then jumping to corners, you know, I saw a lot of great things about Stephon Gilmore, but before yeah. we get to him and the rest of the cornerback group, Isaiah Rogers had a pick in one for ones that, I, or mm-hmm. one-on-ones, which I saw what everyone was going crazy about. Now I'm assuming Colt social media will probably post that later because they usually yeah. post the things that people go crazy about, but what, what about Isaiah Rogers? How did he look today? Look good. Uh, that that interception was he he twisted in midair to bring it down. Definitely made the crowd here at Westfield go go wild for a little bit. But it this this cornerback this outside cornerback battle with Faison and and Isaiah Rogers is is very interesting because Faison continues to run with the with the starting offense or defense, excuse me, and and he's holding his own. He's not not the most flashy guy. But but he's always it seems like he's always in the right position. He doesn't make those those errors that he has to kind of catch himself up on. Isaiah Rogers has been making more plays, I would say, mm-hmm. with the second team, the interceptions, the pass breakups. But it seems like he's the, he's the one that's also making a little bit more of the mental mistakes and kind of has to use that raw speed that he has to kind of catch back up. Yeah. So it's it's kind of what would you like to see out of that out of that cornerback position a guy that's always going to be in the right spot a bigger guy in facing or a guy that's a little bit smaller and might make some more mistakes because he's still getting used to that position but it seems like he's a better playmaker in Isaiah Rogers so I think I don't think that battle is going to end anytime soon and I think it's going to continue all the way up until that final preseason game and then probably into the season yeah, yeah that, that, that one is really interesting because Faison hasn't really done anything to lose this spot, but Rodgers just keeps making plays. And that play, it, it was just a, such a typical Isaiah Rodgers play. Really athletic, had to contort himself and, and kind of dive for it. He's it, it is very on brand for him, but no, it's uh, I don't know if he just keeps the same role and they try and find more ways to get him on the defense. Uh, but yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now let's let's throw some praise to Stephon Gilmore because that was the biggest talk. I mean, you guys were right yeah. there all day. I saw, uh, I think Zach Kiefer or someone said that like he was the best player on the field today. I know he had yeah. a pick or whatever. So, what did you guys see from Stephon Gilmore today? Yeah. So to start it out for him, it was seven on sevens, and it was probably Matt Ryan's like third throw, maybe. Uh, he he threw a, just a shallow kind of out route on the long, on the right side to Paris Campbell. Gilmore flew up and just jumped throughout and picked it. And they were, they were deep in their own territory. So it would have been a pick six in a real game. And then later on after Naheem Hines, uh, after he fumbled, it was Gilmore there to pick it up and, and keep running with it. So, you know, aside from that, he, he showed his normal amount of physicality, not giving anybody an inch, making life difficult. Even in one-on-ones, he doesn't let anyone have a freebie. So what, what did you think from Gilmore today? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing he's been doing since since camp started. He goes out there. He's a very quiet individual. You don't mm-hmm. see him really harping it or, or being that loud vocal leader that Darius Leonard is or Shaquille Leonard. But he goes out there. He does his job. He does it incredibly well. And he, and he leads by example. I mean, he started out one-on-ones. It was Michael Pittman Jr. versus Stephon Gilmore. And Gilmore – had blanket coverage on him and, mm. and just swiped the ball away. And throughout he he's one of those guys that doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Even when he does make a mistake, you don't see him act out of frustration because he's a vet. He's been here, done that for a long, long time. And I think that's great for a lot of these young cornerbacks, these young 
even safeties, these young defensive backs on this team to kind of take after a guy that's played at such a high level for so long. And I mean, if, if keeper said he was the best player on the field today, I would agree because mm. he, he, he showed out and I don't think there was anybody on Gilmore's level today in, in at Grand Park. Yeah. So, someone in the media room a- afterward asked, you know, what went wrong in Carolina for him not to come back? And it's because he just looks that good. And, you know, not that, not that Carolina wouldn't want him back, but shoot, he's, he, without declaring him the defensive player of the year that he once was, he looks a lot like new England Gilmore out here. Yeah, no, he is an outstanding talent and he looked good last year too. We said that a lot on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but I mean, before we, we jump off today, do you guys have anything more to add from, from camp that you guys saw? Nah, I don't have any more nice things to say. I'll leave it to Andrew if he's got anything to sign it's, up. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how this offense bounces back because, I mean, last week out of two out of three practices, the defense dominated. Mm-hmm. Defense was on top again today. We don't – I know the defense is, is usually ahead to start camp, but as a offense and from what Frank Reich wants to see, he probably doesn't want to see this continue – too much longer mm-hmm. he wants the offense to start having good days as well to kind of get their confidence boosted as as we head in towards week one so that's that's kind of what i'm going to be looking for throughout the rest of the week and see how this offense bounces back how matt ryan and and frank reich rally the troops and and see if they can respond to a defense that's been pretty stifling so far here in camp awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. and thanks again andrew for hopping on with us today yeah, absolutely. Guys, yeah it, it uh, won't be the last time that he's here with us Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Andrew Moore NFL. Uh, subscribe to a Colts podcast wherever you listen to podcast wherever you're listening right now. YouTube as well, uh, they're on there. And you know um, where where can they? Is it a Colts podcast yep. on Twitter? Okay, at a Colts podcast yep. on all social and and on YouTube. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So whatever you're doing with us, just do the same with a Colts podcast and Andrew. <laughs> yeah, um, and like Jake mentioned, like Jake mentioned, make sure you guys are following us as well. Uh-huh. I need to jump in there and throw and shout out us as well. You know, <laughs> I'm the narcissistic one here now, but at Jake Arthur NFL, follow him on Twitter along with Andrew. Like like Jake just said, put your tweet notifications on for both guys. I know today that I put notifications on for both of them out there just so I could be up to date with everything going on. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Zach Hicks too. Follow all three of our works there on horseshoehuddle.com. You're going to see a lot of written work on camp from those two guys and then some nerdy film stuff from me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so whichever is your flavor, you know, in the off season. Uh, and then like Jake just said, wherever you're listening to our podcast, just continue to do that. You know, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, keep that subscribe going. Keep hitting those uh, reviews, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff, guys. So uh, yeah, we know we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Make sure again, Go listen to Andrew's stuff. He's awesome. Uh, honestly, I would let him just take over, you know, my speaking job on here if, if I'm not, if I weren't paid so well. So, I mean, that's that's what we got. But, no, we do appreciate you coming on, Andrew, and it's always been a blast talking to you. And thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Colts your first listen today. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. 
The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.